This is Baseline, a podcast about baseball by people who know nothing about baseball. I'm Kyle. And I'm Andrew, and we know nothing about baseball. We did watch baseball, though. Yeah, we know enough to, to actually uh, flip on the tube, the ye olde tube tube uh, machine, and watch a game. I guess it's not a tube anymore, right? It's like a, it's not a bunch strictly of speaking, no. liquid crystals and right. whatever those do. Turn on to, the old crystal, the old OLED. No, I don't have an OLED. I wish I did. But. Okay, Crystal. Uh, turn on, turn on MLB. Uh, close enough. Um, so we, yeah, we did watch a bunch of games. I yeah. did at least. Well, we listened um, to, uh, we mentioned in the previous episode that there was going to be a game uh, between our two teams, uh, but that one was audio only. But I did listen to, I think, pretty much all of it. Okay. All right. Got maybe to like the top of the ninth and I, I was like ready to eat dinner. So I was like, okay. I'll switch it off now. But yeah. all right. So the, by by top of the ninth, you mean the first time that someone comes up to bat in what would be known as the ninth inning. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I know baseball. Right. Right. And depending on where they are playing, where your team is playing, uh, the top of the ninth could be when your team is up and batting, or it could be when your team is fielding. Mm-hmm. Um, typically that is, <laughs> I guess it, it kind of depends, uh, if you're playing not at, at home field, there is still going to be the, the home field for one team. Like say you play in Japan right. and you've got two, uh, American teams. One team is considered the home team. Right. Yes. Um, but in this, in this case, let's say that, uh, for your game specifically, I believe they were playing at Giants Stadium. I'm going to, that's a big yes. question mark for me. Yes, they were. So if if that's the case, um, the Reds would have come up to bat first, mm-hmm. and the Giants would have been fielding. Um, typically, the home team, the one whose stadium or field that you are at, is going to be the one who bats last. That's a pretty easy way of kind of telling. Okay, it's you know the top of the ninth. They must be in San Francisco instead of being in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, well, really interesting. Um, so you, we signed up last show for MLB at bat, the application, and mm-hmm. you've been using that to listen to the games because you don't get the the station locally, I assume. Right. Yeah. So I listened to the audio only stream through the app. It worked pretty well. Worked in my car even, which was nice. So a- apparently it has a CarPlay app, turns out. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Does it, I assume... It doesn't I mean, do much, it, it, it's just like a play-pause kind of thing, but... <laughs> sure, you know, it's, it's Yeah, there. it's not going to be a live feed of the of the game being played right. in your car. Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be nice if it showed, like, the little, you know, the the uh, the base positions and whether they were, <laughs> and maybe the count, <laughs> but that would be distracting. Yeah, so you're saying it'd be basically like our, our album artwork, our show artwork for right. the show. Yeah, exactly. But with a, a live feed of what's actually happening on the field. I mean, that, yeah. that would be cool. It would be neat to see sort of like the pitch position as well. But again, like that sounds so, so, so distracting. Um, mm-hmm. Even the score to me kind of seems distracting. But yeah. it, I think what I've seen from MLB at bat is in the past, they will actually include the score in whatever payload is being sent through Bluetooth. Hmm. And so even if you don't have CarPlay uh, plugged in or whatever, through Bluetooth, the song title or the album title will say, like Giants three dash Reds two, 
um, so that you can at least cool. kind of That's follow along with the score. Yeah. 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 It is, it is pretty neat. Um, that way, you know, kind of like the, the un, not smart, uh, head units on a car can, uh, can get enough information to, as you turn on, I guess a game, let's say it's already in progress and the announcer, the person actually calling the game hasn't said what the score is. You can just glance over there and you can see it. I guess if you're a passenger too, it's not that, not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. All right. And you, I guess, listened to the home broadcast. I did. Did you bounce in between broadcasts? Cause you do have that option on, uh, on no, app. I didn't. I stuck mostly with the since local Cincinnati broadcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Did you happen now this, that happened, uh, uh Tuesday, I think I want to say of last yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to catch the game on, I think it was Friday? It was a televised game of the Reds uh, Giants playing each other yet again, because that tends to happen right. in spring training quite a bit. Uh, do, you ca- do you catch any of that game? I did not catch it at the time, but I did watch it, uh, or, you know, a, a little bit of it uh, a couple days later, because okay. the MLB TV app gives me that option. Right. Yes, it's it's pretty convenient too. It'll list them as like archive uh, in in the app, and so you can, I guess, tap between days. It shows you one yeah, day at a time. It would right. be it would be kind of nice if you could just kind of back up and see a calendar view of right. the your team specifically. But it's got every single team in there. When it shows you all of the games, and I kind of wish because you can tell it that like I care about the Reds, and it'd be nice if it just really showed you the only the Reds games, just to make right. it easy. But I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it's not like we're users or anything. No. It's it's not. <laughs> but I think it would be pretty beneficial if that's the case. I think what it does do, however, is prioritize it and put it at the top. So at least yes. your team is sitting yeah. at the top for all of those different screens. As and that it makes it pretty be. convenient. Well, and, and I think as a baseball, yeah, it's fair. As a baseball fan, there are going to be folks who want to, yeah, you know, like, oh, the Reds aren't playing right now, so let's go over to the Yankees broadcast and and see how that's going. Mm-hmm. Well, then for for the game that you did catch, I guess a little bit of in the archive, you yeah, yeah. were actually forced to watch the broadcast of my team, the San Francisco Giants televised yeah. broadcast, and so you got to actually from up that that whole like straight up into the intro which i guess topical news uh the giant ceo is in trouble real trouble currently I this is probably it. going to be yeah. uh out of date information by the time that this comes out but uh go look right. that up but as we record he is in some stuff yeah absolutely the the video is terrible uh he done bad he done real bad folks he really boogered it up. Yes. Yeah. I I would say that that's just like you cannot understate that enough. Whatever yeah. whatever you yeah. would say about that is is not understating it uh, is not overstating it enough. Whatever it is, uh, it's it's real bad. Yeah. Um. But they made a mention of it at the top, and then they got straight into it, and you kind of got to see on on television what these folks look like. Mm-hmm. They're old. They're real old. <laughs> the broadcasters, John, yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Miller and uh, Mike Kruko are mm-hmm. the ones doing this game, calling this game. And they 
are are they the same folks as do the radio announcing? Um, so it depends. Um, okay. Dwayne Kuiper and Mike Kruko typically do the TV announcing, and uh, John Miller, who was the one on the left, and Dave Fleming are the ones who do the radio broadcast, and sometimes they'll flip. Um, if the game is on NBC proper, like the actual local over-the-air mm-hmm. channel, they will pull John Miller in for those. Uh, or if it's on ESPN, he'll do those games too. Um, but if it is just sort of like a regular day game, they're going to stick with that crew where the two are on the TV broadcast and the two are on the radio broadcast. The neat part, though, is that you can sometimes, depending on the the game, and if there's only one person working radio at the time, every three innings, they will switch and roll someone in from the TV broadcast over into the radio broadcast. Hmm. Um, so they, they're kind of flexible. They'll, they'll switch around. Um, but that's what, I mean, they have very, very, very distinct voices um, in baseball. And for sure, I would, I would probably say John Miller's going to be in the in the Hall of Fame if if he isn't already. Uh, that's probably my my bad uh, if he is. But um, <laughs> I I could probably see uh, the rest of the Giants um, commentators being put into the Hall of Fame as well. It's just they they have become definitely the voice of that team over the last twenty years or so, and it'll be a really weird day when that changes over. But Dave Fleming especially is sort of a Bay Area icon, I guess. He does all of the Stanford games, um, a whole bunch of, I believe, football and basketball games. He'll he'll slot in sometimes to the March Madness stuff for ESPN. Um, just sort of like a, a overall radio radio guy. So, mm-hmm. um, what did you think? I guess just a, a sort of temperature of the room on on that that television broadcast and and definitely how different was it from what you're used to seeing uh you know i liked it uh, i i um it was better than i i remembered to be honest um i honestly didn't really notice that it was like the san francisco giants broadcast except when the commercials came on and they were for bay area related things but uh <laughs> that was really the only <laughs> thing that sort of gave it away yeah that's right i always forget that they they do sort of the local tv um stuff on there it's not i mean they used to it, depending on where you watch it they used to slot their own commercials in you would see sort of like the uh mlb banner shows up then they'll put in some kind of targeted advertising i don't think it's like they're going to show you you know go to your local honda dealership and that's going to be like in your backyard honda right dealership, but like dynamically inserted stuff anyway it, it used to at least and i don't i don't know if that's changed at all um, uh, I know it I absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't do that for radio, for sure. It, but it does maybe sometimes do that for the the TV broadcasts. It may change throughout the year. I don't. I don't know. No, um, I liked it. It was, um, it was entertaining. I, I um, I think I followed it pretty well. well. Of course, I was, of course, it's entertaining when your your players like second pitch hitting a home run. In the first inning, I'm sure that I'm sure that's real entertaining. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, no, but the thing that I was sort of impressed with myself about is that I was um, relatively good at like watching the pitch and then thinking like, "Oh, that's a ball," or "That's a strike," and I 
was pretty good okay. at, at telling which was which. You know? Some are yeah. like, yeah. I mean, some are incredibly obvious, right? So, but others are not. And I'm like, I bet that's a ball. Were you watching on your phone or the TV? What was what was sort of your? I your was watching, watching on my this? phone at that point. Okay, so I mean, even then, the strike zone's pretty small. It's like a right. postage stamp, you know, yeah, or yeah. smaller. Right. Um. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's that's pretty good. The what's nice about MLB TV or MLB at bat as well is that they. Uh, broadcast at 60 frames per second for mm-hmm. most of those games. And so you you do get to kind of see like, okay, that ball's going 99 miles an hour, but it came into the strike zone and the catcher caught it um, where he did. And and you can kind of discern if it was a ball or a strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also do overlays on the app. So like if you want to see what the current box score is, you can swipe up from the bottom and mm, get I that. don't think I knew that. Um, and then from the top, it'll show the league scores for right. whatever's going on right now. But it was good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it more than I kind of expected to. Um, and even mm-hmm. just watching it, I was thinking like, you know, it would be fun for me to play, um, you know, like a pickup baseball game with some friends or whatever. <laughs> I, you know, I would be totally terrible at it, but it would be enjoyable. You know, I kind of, like I said, I have played baseball a little bit as a kid and I do kind of miss it, uh, you know, thinking about it, you know, because yeah. it's, it takes some skill to hit a ball that's coming at your face with a bat and get it to go flying. So it's satisfying when you do that and don't just miss it entirely. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, I get that. Um, I guess I, I can diverge into a little bit of a story for me, uh, mm-hmm. right now. I played kickball last week with a, my company's team, Mm-hmm. And they they invited me out, and it's basically like baseball, but you right. kick the ball instead of hitting it yeah. uh, with less equipment, big big old rubbery ball. Yeah, a lot a lot less equipment. <laughs> I was st- I was still wearing my like jeans that I had worn at work that day. I mean, I I flew out. I was cr- I was across the country, right? And I did not have anything with me. So mm-hmm. it, there I am, like in my work attire kicking a, a big old kickball and running across the field and stuff. Yeah. Just dressed up in all the catcher's pads. <laughs> I should. <laughs> yeah, no catcher pads, thankfully. Dressed up like a uh, hockey goalie. I'm ready. I could, I, it sort of felt that way. <laughs> yeah, but what it did teach me, though, is that there are so many really small rules-based parts of baseball mm. that you you it definitely needs to be something you play or try so that it gets ingrained as memory for you and and sort of like um becomes becomes this thing that is second nature to you because i know i mean i know most of the rules of baseball but going out there and actually playing was something completely different mm-hmm. like i know i'm on first not to run right away when the ball is hit if it is less than two outs because if the ball is caught, I need to still be on a bag and mm-hmm. tag up. Like, those are the kinds of things you're making very, very, very uh, small decisions when it comes to that stuff. And you're not making like real big strategic ones. Right. Um, but just trying to remember that, okay, if it's one out, do this. If it's no outs, do this. If it's two outs, then it changes the the scenario for you. And mm-hmm. I think playing a game like kickball can do it. 
and so highly recommended if you if you haven't, I guess, played baseball before and I guess maybe haven't learned the the rules of it. An event like that is a really good way to just sort of trial by fire, uh, <laughs> learn it. Because if you run and it's, you know, one out and you catch it and they throw it back to first, you're going to learn the next time. Oh, okay. That's why that happened. Uh, you know, it just gets you, gets you into the right mindset, I think, for, mm-hmm. for baseball. Um, but, uh, but yeah, definitely in agreement. Uh, playing, playing will get you there. And then listening to the broadcast, that was with, you know, the game that I listened to on the radio, that was with Marty Brenneman and Jeff Brantley. Um, and that okay. was entertaining, especially to hear Marty Brenneman again. And, you know, they're just their banter and so on. And then they did, you know, the first handful of innings they sort of did together and then they would like trade off an inning. Um, but one thing that was funny is that they were calling the game at one point and then they just sort of stopped abruptly. And then they came in 30 seconds later and they were like, sorry, folks, Pete Rose just popped his head in. <laughs> we we had yeah. to dump out. Right. So we told him to come back later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that There's a lot. I, I guess if you don't know a whole lot about baseball and the history of baseball, that can mean many things. Uh, Pete Rose was a very prolific if I can say so, baseball player for the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. He also had a whole bunch of other stuff around him that was um, somewhat baseball adjacent, but but yeah. also not baseball adjacent happen mm-hmm. and has, has since been banned from Major League Baseball. So it's a whole thing. I think that's definitely one topic we'll have to get in to yeah. later in the season or or in the off season as, as stuff sort of winds down. His, his story arc is, yeah. Quite interesting, pretty pretty incredible. But I would I would actually love like that little microcosm of what happened there is very interesting, especially mm-hmm. uh, when you're listening to a radio broadcast as well uh, for spring training. The ones that the Giants put on right now are only on MLB.com and and SFGiants.com. They're not actually going through over the air broadcasts. Right. Um, and what makes it very strange is that there are no commercials they go from like calling the game and then it used to it used to actually not go silent it used to just play the organ music that was in the stadium and the mics would just get turned off and you would just hear like in the background uh, now they actually flip the mics off and flip everything off so it's just completely silent during the 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 break, if you would like, in between innings or um, while while they're switching sides, and it's a it's a completely different experience from what you'll hear on the radio because you don't hear any of the like, you know, local car dealership come 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 today and and choose choose your bespoke wooden car here at San Francisco bespoke wooden car dealership, um, and and I'm just totally not used to it. But it's nice. It's kind of like a podcast in the in that weird way. Mm-hmm. I'm actually holding a baseball right now. Oh, as well. all right. <laughs> um, it's uh, speaking of which, though, that is something that I watched uh, Mike Kruko do, who was one of the people who called the game that I watched on TV that you watched on TV as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would always be in the broadcast booth holding a baseball because he's a former pitcher and. That's one of those things that I have 
kind of mixed feelings about. I don't know if former players really make for great broadcasters. Uh, John Miller is not a former player, and neither is Dave Fleming. But both Mike Kruko and uh, Dwayne Kuyper are former players. And they bring this sort of like different vibe to a broadcast that is more about predictability and knowing what's coming next and trying to give that knowledge to the people watching. Um, there were a few affectations as well that I was wondering if you were going to mention about the Giants broadcast specifically. Mm. As they were introducing players, Mike Kruko will say, although he'll go around the diamond, he'll name the the position players in a certain order, usually. He'll say like, and also the position players are numbered. That's a whole other thing that we'll probably get to eventually because in official scoring, you'll say like a, a six four three double play or you know things like that, mm. which means it went from one player to another player to another player in order to get those two outs. Um, but he goes around the diamond naming all these players, and then when he gets to the catcher, he'll say in the squat signs, <laughs> and that's just it's a thing. It's like a, I don't, a vocal. I don't think I caught that. Yeah, it's really weird. It's <laughs> it's it is a very like those broadcasters only thing, but he does it every single time. He right. says the the catcher uh, because the catcher squats in a position and puts down signs. It's <laughs> it's just like a, uh, it's one of those things where you, you hang on to it. It's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the word is for that, but it just reminds me of, of Giants baseball all the time. And, uh, and I, I, it's curious to, that you didn't, didn't necessarily catch that. Um, <laughs> But going back, you probably would. He said it twice. He did it for both the Giants team and for the Reds. Hmm. All right. Well, speaking of holding this baseball, um, you actually put into our document a couple of rookie questions. We've got a, a segment of rookie questions here of terms that you heard, I guess, in passing or or during one of these broadcasts that you had questions about. Yeah, this was mostly from the from the uh, the one that I listened to, but you know, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess there's things that I've heard, but I've never really um, known what they meant or what they were. You know, mm-hmm. so the first one is breaking ball. I feel like I I don't know. You know, I know fastball, curveball, knuckleball, and all that, but I feel like breaking ball is new to me, which I don't think it actually is new to me, but it is new to me. It's it it's not going to be well. It's not new to you because you mentioned one already. You said mm. curveball, right? Ah. So if you think of a breaking ball, and this can be, this can mean a lot of different things depending on who is actually calling the game um, or who's who's pitching. It it really depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a breaking ball is going to be any like breaking pitch where the pitcher is like snapping their wrist to give the ball spin and and movement. So like oh, okay. this would include things like a curveball, a slider, you may have heard a slider before. Mm-hmm. Um changeup uh is not one though, I guess, which is really interesting. Um so like a breaking ball is one that probably stays a little bit faster when you're looking at sort of like a pitch speed spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um Likely curveballs and sliders are going to be between, I don't know, like 74 miles an hour and 86 maximum, 85. So you'll see him sort of in between there speed-wise. 
Um, but a changeup is typically a lot slower and a fastball is a, typically a lot faster. And those don't break. They just kind of have different movement to them. And you'll you'll actually hear folks talk about movement a lot in a pitch, and mm. that is usually for breaking balls. Right. And this this came from not just hearing, you know, the uh, announcements of the pitches, but also the um, broadcasters talking about certain players and how they need to, um, you know, learn how to better handle breaking balls and stuff like that. Right. It's it's ones where like the what you'll hear some some people talk about like the arm slot and where that's basically where the ball comes out of the pitcher's hands and then starts traveling towards home plate for the batter to hit it. It, It's hard to see some of these pitches because they spin a different way. So as as the pitcher is sort of like snapping their wrist to make the ball spin a certain way, there are ones, there are pitches that you can't really like see that spin happening in the ball. And Mm -hmm. so it looks like based on the arm slot where the pitcher is throwing it, that it's going to be a fastball. And so your brain then, right when that starts happening, is making all these calculations. And when you go to actually put your bat through the the strike zone to make contact with the ball, you are probably swinging a lot faster than you would and a lot earlier than you would because you think that the ball is going to you know be in a certain spot or becoming a lot faster than it is, the difference would be between like a 74-mile-an-hour curveball and a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Those two, those 20-mile-per-hour differences are, you know, milliseconds in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But on timing, when you're going to try and hit that, it's really, really difficult to, to make contact at the right time to actually hit the ball. So usually with, you know, balls like that, you're fouling them off a lot with a breaking ball. So like trying to, what they're saying is like trying to see the pitch and you're sort of guessing as a batter. You're like, uh, okay, last one was a fastball. This one, uh, probably a breaking ball. Um, they have a little bit of wiggle room here to try to get me to chase a pitch. You'll hear also people saying chase a pitch. Mm -hmm. There's, there's just so many words in baseball. We, I had, I had, um, it's its own language. In a lot of ways. It really is its own language. Yeah, I had someone in the Discord uh, sort of call me out on my my quote last time. Uh, Nick, there are just so many words yeah. as it's attributed <laughs> to me. Yes, it's true. There are a lot of words in baseball. Yeah. A lot of, lot of rules, a lot of everything else. Um, but yeah, that's breaking balls. And yeah. I... I think that um, this is just... It's something that you'll hear a lot of. It's really difficult for any batter whether they're a veteran or a rookie to, you know, get a handle of certain breaking balls from pitchers. Mm -hmm. It's just a really, it's a really hard, they, they can be really hard pitches to hit. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, being able to see the pitch and whatever. And that's one thing that I'm still struggling with is like, I, um, you know, I can watch the pitch. I can see where it ends up and sort of figure out if it's going to be a ball or a strike, but I can't tell what kind of pitch it was. That's just kind of beyond mm. me still. You can kind of also tell as it's coming out of the pitcher's arm mm. where maybe it, it might be. I think the one that will throw you off the most is the changeup 
because mm-hmm. the the arm speed on the changeup is this almost the same as a fastball, but it depends on how they hand they hold the ball, and so the ball actually moves a lot slower, and so it looks like they're about to throw it into the stands, and then somehow it just like floats in there and it's a strike. <laughs> it's it's really wild to watch. Yeah. And then talking about, you know, more pitches, one was they would call, you know, they would say like three, two curveball or something like that. And I don't Mm -hmm. uh, know what those numbers mean. That was one thing I'm like, you know, I'm used to numbers in the sense of the count of balls and strikes, but obviously that's not related to the pitches that they're throwing. Uh, It it may be. Uh, It depends on the context of this uh, for sure. It could actually be, depending on what they were talking about, it could have been something to do with how they are holding it um, or where they hold it on the baseball hmm. in terms of like the the stitches. Because um, you'll hear sometimes folks talk about like a, a uh, two-finger split or a four, you know. A, a, Boy, that is know. just more detail than I would ever need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It really depends on what the context of this was. I would guess, actually, that it was probably about the count. So, mm-hmm. like, three balls, two strikes. Yeah. M- meaning full. Um, in a, you'll hear full count a lot as well. Right. Um, well, I-, I was reading a little bit, too, and there is, like, a 12-6 curveball, which the 12 and 6 are um, related to, like, uh, clock positions. Okay. That's, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Now, see, you're, you're, you're schooling me a bit. This a three-two curveball though. You, I don't think you yeah, would be I able don't, to do right. that. A twelve-six makes sense because you're going from like top to bottom, right? Um, but hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I the 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 curveball especially is one of those where I have a really hard time identifying it in a, yeah. a TV broadcast. It, it's just not one that I'm I'm really able to to notice that well. It, even like a splitter or things like that. It's like, I, no way. There's no way I'm going to be able to, to recognize those. Now, one of the things that you will, though, start to catch, you'll sometimes see, like in the count, it will be two balls and one strike. And so the pitcher at that point, if, if the maximum is going to be, you know, four balls and three strikes, obviously you're trying to get the three strikes, but There's only one ball, and there are two strikes. So the next pitch, potentially, that the pitcher throws could get this batter out, and that's what they want. Mm -hmm. But as as the pitcher, you'll sometimes see in that count specifically the catcher stand like slightly uh, on, like they're in almost a sitting position, less a squat, the -hmm. squat, and and more (laughs) like a sitting position, and... That is typically calling for the high fastball. And there's a lot about the high fastball and probably the strategy of the high fastball. Mm. But what the pitcher is betting on at that point is that based on those two strikes, depending on what kind of strikes they were, if they were swinging strikes especially, mm-hmm. the batter seems a little overzealous. They're ready to like, let's just, I'm I'm ready for the fence. I'm trying to yeah. swing for the fences, right? Right. And so by setting up, as it's called, up in the zone, <laughs> the uh, pitcher will throw it out of the strike zone, actually, up kind of near the the letters of mm-hmm. the uh, actual batter's jersey or, or even a little bit higher, sometimes like up in like chin uh, area. And the batter won't really know that it's set up there, but the pitch just looks so 
juicy and fat like okay here it comes like that's that mm-hmm. is like right in my right in my wheelhouse and it just zooms right past their eyes and they swing straight through it and strategically that is typically a way that pitchers will get a batter out who is just like really they'll swing at anything at that point <laughs> um and i saw that i saw that really uh, a, a bunch of times in the broadcast between mm. the giants and the reds because it's, you know, people are just trying to, like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to keep swinging as, right. as much as I possibly can. But, yeah, that's that's one especially I think is that you should start watching for is setting up in one of those in one mm. of those counts where it's like, you know, one and two or oh and two, and they have some room to play with. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I also kind of mentioned the, the inside outside or up in the zone, Mm -hmm. uh, are those, that's one of the questions that you've got on here. Is that kind of what you were getting at? I think so. Yeah. You know, they'd say like hi to the outside or, or something like that. I'm trying to remember exactly what they'd say, but inside outside, I, I, is that, that's just the strike zone and not the strike zone basically. Um, no. So usually when you're listening to a radio broadcast, it's going to be saying whether or not it is towards the player on that side of the strike zone or on the outside of the player on the strike zone. Um, Inside is going to be like in between the plate and the player batting. And then outside is going to be usually on the opposite side Mm. of, of the plate in, in sort of like where the other side of the, uh, the, um, uh, what's that called? Like where the other person would, would hit had they been, you know, on that side of the plate Uh, batter's box. That's the word I'm looking for, batter's box. <laughs> and then I put the count on here. Yeah, okay. That's uh, one, one uh, baseball. <laughs> Two. Two. One strike. Uh, 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 one. Uh, uh. <laughs> Four balls. That's right. Take your base. A walk. <laughs> no, yeah. that, that's the- um, because I had to relearn that. Like, um, I had to relearn that because they don't necessarily every time say, you know, two balls, one strike. They just say the count two and one. And so I had to learn that it's balls and strikes. Balls come before strikes. Yes, that's that is something that even now, having heard it many, 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 many times, it's one of those things that I still kind of I have to cognitively. It's like every once in a while you're like, wait a minute, that's okay, right. That's exactly how long it takes yeah, for yeah. me too. It's like I just I just remember long enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You're like, is that? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even seeing it on TV, that's the other place where you'll see it a lot. It'll just be like three dash two. Yeah, on their little graphics, they try keep them small, so they just say yeah, three dash one or something. Or sometimes they won't even show the numbers. It'll be like little dots on there. It, it depends on the broadcast you're watching and and oh, you I don't know like where that. you are in the world. I reject that. But yeah, <laughs> take that one back to the drawing board. Well, it depends, right? Because sometimes there will be only two dots on there, like a space for two dots, and that means two outs. The third mm. out never gets put on there, but you'll you'll see either zero outs, see, one that, out, or two outs. See, that bothers yeah. me too, because technically there is a third <laughs> out, even though it doesn't like last and the inning turns over, but still, like, put it on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Quick cut there, corners. It has changed a lot over the last 
20 years, I would say, with the advent of like all these new digital displays and mm-hmm. uh, widescreen, especially, I think was one of those widescreen, one of those really, I mean, we, you and I uh, had a long conversation about like flat CRTs uh, off the mic. We uh, did. The la- last episode. And it, it's part of that sort of like HD widescreen revolution that has turned a lot of these little sports score things into into little bits that sit on the left-hand side at the top or, you know. It's like a dashboard. <laughs> it is like a, it's a HUD for baseball, right. basically. But, but what's different from baseball is that it's in a completely different spot than football or, or I would say even basketball. Like basketball usually sits at the bottom. Football usually sits at the bottom. Baseball is typically l- top left corner. A lot of times, yeah. and what they're trying to do is is just basically get it out of the way, like keep as much of the sport on there as you possibly can. Um, right. I guess it's because if you're thinking about, well, it's interesting because in football and, and basketball too, you'd think that there would be action happening at the bottom of the screen that you'd possibly be covering up, but maybe that's less of a concern. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's some strategy behind that, or if that's just where it ended up because it looked nice. Mm, I would say there a lot of baseball is ground balls and yeah, that's positioning what I'm thinking, of, right? of players. Yeah. It's kind of, it's well, and the perspective is often from the top down. Mm-hmm. You are sort of like looking. You're not. Well, I guess a lot of sports are honestly, but right. the 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 arch of a football throw and the arch of a basketball shot both are up things, right? Versus. Mm-hmm. Whereas, out. yeah, exactly. Baseball is sort of like on the ground, lots of ground hits. Same thing with hockey. Hockey and baseball, I think, are they share sort of the the same broadcast HUD um, as as each other. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a, a really interesting uh, and and different way of looking at at these things. But I think just verbally the language of baseball ends up being different from team to team mm-hmm. um depending and, and you know person to person depending on what they're going to say about what the kind of pitch was is it a breaking ball or is it a curveball you'll you'll kind of learn from that broadcaster what what pitch that actually was based on the word they choose to describe uh it with and the things like the count, right? Sometimes they'll say one ball, two strikes verbatim, right. but sometimes they'll just say three, two count and the pitch. Right. And, and it's it like, depends, okay. depends too on what's happening. And if they have time to say one ball, two strikes, or if they have to say one and two and, you know, and then there's like a, you know, something else going on that right. they have to. And, and the two, two pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just more about uh, I think motor memory, muscle memory of of hearing the same thing over and over again, and and knowing kind of what that means. And also, you don't really need to hear everything. I found myself actually mm-hmm. while these spring training games were going on, and maybe it's because they don't count, but I found myself just kind of like, uh, I'll catch like two outs, maybe, and then yeah. I'll go do something. I'll like go wash dishes, or I'll you know go go feed the cat, or I'll I'll do something else. Um, but I won't like just sit there and try and soak in every word and every pitch. Right. Like a like a picture from the 1930s where you're sitting in an armchair next to the radio, like 
just listening. Yeah. Yes. Like what is what's gonna happen next? I mean, it, there are times where I'm absolutely like that. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the World Series or playoff baseball, I'm right there. I am just ever hanging on every word. I am most definitely there. But this early in the season, I'm especially when it gets past the fourth inning or so, you're going to start seeing players that you've never heard of. There was a player oh, yeah. today yeah. Uh, in a broadcast, Kyle Garlick was his name, and I could not get over it. Hmm. Just G-A-R-L-I-C-K. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I it, it definitely felt like, uh, like, boy, are you trying to tell me something radio broadcast? Like, yeah. Should I not have had the lunch I had? I get it. <laughs> Followed up by Kenny Shallot and Joey yeah. Onion. <laughs> <laughs> got a full salad there right. in, uh, in, in the outfield. We got all the members yeah. of the Onion family here today. <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited. So far, at least what I've heard of, of baseball, it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. There have also been... Some, I mean, speak. We spoke briefly about sort of the terrible news that the Giants are dealing with currently, but the Giants were actually in the news recently as well for not signing Bryce Harper. Yeah, so that's a whole thing that's been happening, sort of in the background of our um, past couple episodes, and it finally came to some sort of resolution. And I, I was kind of reluctant to even touch on it because it it gets into parts of baseball that. I, I feel are still fraught with confusion and, and like a misunderstanding of what uh, what baseball is, I guess, as a sport and more what baseball is as a business. Yeah. And while it is while it is entertainment, players shuffle all over all the time. Uh, your loyalty as a Reds fan is not typically impacted by the move the organization makes to bring in another player or sell a player or trade them or whatever. The This specific instance was there was a player on the Washington Nationals who was uh, basically rookie of the year, right? Just an incredible ball player for years and years and was recently up for something called free agency, which basically means that they are outside of a contract with that team now. They mm -hmm. could, if they wanted to, re-sign with that team. But this is the opportunity for them to sort of play the field a little bit, if you if you would. If <laughs> play the field business-wise. Hey. Go out, yeah, go out and uh, decide what team they want to play for, for how long. Maybe they sign a one-year contract that's worth however much. Uh, but typically what comes out of free agency is long-term contracts, and I guess like a, a new uh, franchise player, a lot of times it, it, with a player, especially like Bryce Harper, the, the one that we're talking about specifically here, it was a big question mark. And there were rumors all over the place about what kind of thing was going to happen. The Giants were in contention, if you would, you know, doing going out to Vegas, meeting privately trying to say like, hey, yeah, we'll do whatever, 319 million for 12 years. And what ended up happening was he ended up signing a even bigger deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. And as a part of this whole thing, now the 13-year contract, there's a bunch of stipulations obviously in these contracts as well, where it's either performance-based or 
There is a trade clause where after four years, if you get traded, your contract can go to that other team, you know, things like that. They Every single player is different. Every single player has a different contract, but I believe it's all backed up by the baseball association and the uh, players union and things like that. All obviously above board, hopefully. Uh, but Bryce Harper ended up basically getting the biggest baseball contract uh, the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I am I just want your like gut reaction. The numbers being thrown out are also gargantuan. And yeah, it's it's a unimaginable sum of money. Yeah. We should say 350 million. Is that yeah. unimaginable right. sum? If there's an actual value for There is a for, value of it. If, but you know, it's yeah. it's yeah. Um does, does that put you off at all to to the prospect of like long-term commitment to baseball or does um, it make you feel like boy, the I don't know that the, it puts me off, but it's definitely something that I don't plan to care that much about i don't know it's not something i want to think about i guess like i i don't know i'm not you just don't want to focus i guess on on that being a part of yeah right i guess i I would rather ignore that they get paid millions and millions of dollars (laughs) because yeah (laughs) yeah well i'm reading here the average per game that he'll get he'll get paid is about 156 thousand dollars actually a little more than that so it's a lot. It is a, a lot. lot of money. Yeah. Just for your entertainment. Right. So, yeah. 13 year contract too. That's I mean that's a really long time as that's, well. That's a hockey. That's like a hockey level contract, yeah. honestly. Like folks in hockey will play for 25 years and just completely thrash their bodies. Baseball is a game of repetition. And the same thing happening over and over and over and over again. And that that puts your body through the ringer, for sure. I I just can't. I mean, he he's obviously still a very young guy. It's just that uh, 13 years committed to one team. That's, I mean, you do, bro, you build a franchise around that, for sure. You're yeah. going to sell jerseys. You're going to sell out probably for the first at least two years until the Phillies farm system, you know, populates somebody up in there to you know bring in some good players so that you can win a championship or at least get to the playoffs in one of those years um there are going to be opportunities i think for the phillies between now and when that contract is over for them to be a real contender in playoff baseball but i don't i don't know enough about that team to know whether it's going to be something that happens near term or 5 years from now or 10 years from now or what the interesting part, though, is that especially framed as like, okay, the Giants lost out on this contract. Could Bryce Harper could have gone to the Giants. Fine. But the articles that get written after that are typically about, well, okay, Phillies, eh, not that bad. This amazing player is going to play not in your uh, like direct division but they will play in your league. And so you'll have a couple of games here and there with them, but you won't have to battle them for a four-game series or whatever in April because they aren't playing on your part of the country. Had, let's say, a team like the Dodgers picked up Bryce Harper, the Giants would play them maybe six to eight times throughout the entire year uh, and, and multiply that by three to four games, depending on you know, how many games are in that series. And 
you know, that's a that's a good like twenty percent of your season playing against this this team, and that's a lot. That and that can that can really really change the course of of a team's uh, success if that really really good player ends up um, as on a team that's in your division. So I guess in that way, it's better that it turned it turned out that way rather than going to the Dodgers or any other team that was in the Giants division. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I believe it does put him in your division. Hmm. Great. But I, I, I would have to, <laughs> I would have to actually, yeah, I'd have to look at that uh, to see how that, how that gets sliced up. A division is typically in baseball. A division is usually four to five teams, depending on you know, or I guess six teams as well. Uh, that is not my division. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's good. I mean, you're all right. You're square then. Yeah, we're in the Central National League. Uh, South, believe it or not, I should know that. My geography is pretty bad. Well, <laughs> eh, whatever. I mean, I I Doesn't, say I I didn't know that before this moment. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things that I also don't pay attention to much, mainly because um, the the schedule is different every single year. I think that's something that maybe I, I haven't mentioned before, but um, usually opening day, at least over the last however many years, uh, the Reds open up opening day, mm-hmm. and they're the team that just mm-hmm. kind of kicks everything off. Over the last, like, three or four years, it's been different every year. And, Which like, the Twins, me. I think. Yeah. No, I get that. I absolutely get that. It, well, it, it's, it's like there was, a, there was a reasoning behind the Reds being the first team, you know, to play. And having the first opening day, and that was that they were the first professional baseball team. And then they were like, I don't know, they just went away from that. And it's like, okay, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I mean. Like now what, we draw straws? Pretty much. I mean, it, it's, it is, you, it, over the last couple of years, it's been like the Yankees kicking it off for some reason. I yeah. don't know why. America's team, I guess. Right. It's it's too bad. It it feels like the one thing that is still kind of like okay about baseball history that hopefully is not, you know, fraught with segregation and things like that that is just like, "Oh yeah, this is this was the first MLB team. Let's honor that by just it being the first game that we play." Yeah. Fine. It was a big in Cincinnati it was a big event. It would often be um you know, almost like a civic holiday. There was a parade mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is very much done up like a parade as well. You'll see coming up to opening day, you will start seeing um, these like draped banners. I'm sure there's a name for it. I don't I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they're red, white, and blue. They've got sort of this like very <laughs> colonial vibe, I guess, to it. Um, and that's that's what baseball does for opening day. And it's just, it is celebratory and like, you know, it just has all of his history just leeching from it. And I, I feel pretty bad for the Reds, but we'll see. Uh, I don't think that they're the first game again this year. Well, you know, lately that seemed like the only thing that we, we had. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't you know. You were playing it, in these, you were playing in these like throwback jerseys. Uh, yeah. During the Giants game. Yeah, they're, 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 they have a special, um, kit i don't know if it's just for spring training or what but that's um you know in recognition of it being the 150th anniversary of the of the team this year so everything was a little yeah kind of classical in style 
very old English text-looking C on the ball cap and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, yeah. this is also, it's like, I especially this year, it seems like opening day should be for the Reds, because it's they're the oldest team in the sport, and it's 150 years since they started. Seems like a occasion worth commemorating, but... Well, uh, Andrew, I'm here to disappoint, yeah. as I usually am, um, uh, and to, to write you and, and say that uh, the MLB has announced the 2019 regular season schedule will feature the Mariners and the Athletics playing opening day in Tokyo, Japan. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... I'm wondering if it's more of like an international dateline thing where yeah, it's like, oh, know. no, it's just, it's the next day anyway. It's fine. You know, they're in the future. It's right. good. Uh, huh. They are going to the Tokyo Dome, though, in Tokyo, and that is the only Japanese ballpark I have ever been to. So that's kind of cool. It's, yep, it's pretty big, actually. Hmm. Surprisingly big. I see that. It says it has a capacity of almost 60,000 folks. Yeah. Well, and it's it's kind of, it's known as the Big Egg. <laughs> which is which is pretty cool. Uh, it looks like an egg from, from mm. pretty far away. That's good. But uh, March twenty and twenty first, uh, boy, this will be interesting. This will be really really interesting because the Mariners are definitely one of those teams that draws a crowd, uh, especially in Japan. Mm. And this is a really good opportunity, I think, to bring over more fans from the Japanese League to Major League Baseball. But beyond that, I I have seen them play other games. I actually watched a movie recently that I'm going to have to add to our movie list. Uh, the Catcher Was a Spy was one with, uh, with Paul Rudd. And he was a Jewish baseball player who played in Japan um, on the U.S. team prior to World War II and then went on to... Um, try to assassinate uh, Heisenberg, the uh, German scientist hmm. who was supposedly uh, creating nuclear weapons. Not a great movie, but uh, I believe an interesting <laughs> biography and obviously based on a true story. Well, you know, we didn't ask for people to send us good baseball movies. Maybe we should have specified. Fair, fair. Fair. I did watch this on, I watched this on the plane ride home, mm. though, uh, yesterday, actually. Mm. Um, and it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to catch this either way. The problem with watching baseball in Japan, though, especially for you, is that this is going to be like 2 a.m. when this shows up. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't even think that's practical. There's there's gonna be no way that you're gonna be able to watch no. this. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually look for the game time for this game. And it'll be the earliest day ever hmm. when the MLB opens this season. That's really interesting. Well, I can tell you that one thing that I plan to do uh here shortly is purchase a hat, a baseball cap. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. I found <laughs> I'm on the website for the Reds. And they have, you know, they have fitted caps and all that, but I don't know my size, so I was just going to get a flex one. But it's also interesting that they specify whether it's a curved bill or a flat bill at this point. Because <laughs> I'm not the person to, I don't know, I want the hat to work, so, yeah. I'm not going to leave the sticker on there, that just seems silly. Fair, yep, 
it, it actually works to uh, repel the sun. It just reflects it fully. Oh, uh, okay. The, the sticker on there, right? Ah. Absorbing it. Turns out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, oh boy. I see they've got some fetching white and green ones for St. Patrick's Day. That's uh, very That's odd. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's definitely a thing. You yeah. may be able to now see, this is more my speed with the, the C with the word reds inside it. That mm. is sort of like the mid 90s, early 90s look for the reds. Yeah, that, I'm looking for that. I don't see it. That gets, that I was gets just going to get attention. the plain old C, you know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like I saw that before. There's one with Mr. Redleg on it. That looks a little terrifying. <clears throat> we'll uh, gloss over that one. 65% off of, uh, I guess, hats right now hmm. for some of these. Uh, the Cactus League, yeah, the Cactus League ones look actually pretty good. Uh, this this is the segment of the show where you shop online with, with Kyle and Andrew. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. You could do the mesh. Yeah, that's a bad look. Oh, I think I see which. Are you talking about the, the Cooperstown franchise fitted hat? The one that has the C and then it has... Cincinnati Reds, you know, in the sea with the mascot. Let me see if I can find an, an actual example of it. Because uh, you could also get like the the baseball, the guy, the baseball guy with the mustache. Right. Yeah, Mr. Well, that's, uh-huh. yeah. If it's the mustache, that's Mr. Red Leg. If there's no mustache, it's Mr. Red. They have four mascots. <laughs> You're going to have to break that down for me because... <laughs> That okay. is absolutely baseball mascots probably need their own episode. For I sure. don't know. I don't know a whole lot about the history of of mascots in general, but I do know that the Giants mascot is sort of like rooted in the original history of their the team that was there at the time prior to them moving from New York. Mm-hmm. So it it it's definitely interesting to me. But having multiple mascots just seems ridiculous. That's that's unbelievable. Okay, so I I did find it. It's got sort of uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. That was definitely yeah. You're right that that's the '90s style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I'm interested in getting one of the ones that says like you know 150th anniversary, but um, they're more expensive. And also if they have the stylized classic C, no one's going to recognize that and know what that is. So. Right. Yep. That's fair. I think the other thing you could do is, is do like an Ebbets flannel, uh, situation mm. of like a 1945 reds hat or something, something where let's see, I'm, I'm gonna pull up Ebbets flannel. Yeah. I want a good hat. Let me get a good hat. <laughs> You got to get a hat that actually works. I think yeah. that's that's the other thing is like when you're out um, actually on on the field or you know out watching a game, you do you do definitely want something that works. Um, otherwise, what's the what's the point? Even there is a Chicago Wales hat. But that's not that's not mm. anything. Yeah, I don't think they have any of the officially licensed stuff teams no they just have sort of like the city of san francisco i'm now googling genuine baseball hat <laughs> isn't it new era you could, you could actually if you wanted to go the route of like go to your local um gas station mm. uh but they probably won't have reds memorabilia yeah, I don't, like I don't they would so. if if you if you went all the way 
all the way into town. Right. Um, that's the one nice part, I, I will say. And this is the part of the show where I drop on Andrew that um, we're going to have to find another, another day to record next week because I'm going to be going to spring training. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be in Arizona uh, next Monday, at least driving back from Arizona. Uh, and I could probably pop in to the, uh, the Reds location and mm. just grab, uh, grab a hat. And then, Good you know, you'd pay double, you double in shipping, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it works. I don't know. I might measure my head and get a fitted cap. We'll see. Mm, mm-hmm. It's snug. I mean, it's. Yeah, could, I don't know. You could actually go to the problem with <laughs> the problem with you know the fitted hats is that they don't sell them in like small, medium, large, middle, large, right. you know, extra large. They are seven and five eighths. Right. Like whoa. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, like, I don't even know. <laughs> my seven and am I seven and a half or seven and five eighths? Like which? Ugh. It definitely matters too because you don't want to get one. That you just cut your hair and then you put on the fitted cap, and then two months later, when you haven't had a haircut in a while, and you go to put the cap back on, it just doesn't fit. I want to. I do want to kind of unpack a bit about baseball memorabilia and and caps in particular, because mm-hmm. I think there's this is the point at which a lot of people bounce off of baseball and say like, well, why why for this sport do people want to wear the thing? that people on the field wear. Right. Why do I why do I want to do that? You're not going to go on the field. You're not going to play. Why bring your glove? What are you doing there? Um is there any part of that 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 you feel sort of like an awkwardness or a do you just not not care uh, at all? Not really, though I do think it's interesting to explore how you know widely uh or prolific the the baseball hat has become that it's kind of the default hat for you know, like anything casual at this mm-hmm. point. It definitely is. You know, if you go to the store to get a hat, it's probably going to be a baseball hat. The The shape in particular, um, as it's changed over time, I mean, even looking at, at the Reds website, the one I sent you is more of like what I guess nowadays would be considered sort of a dad cap, if you would. <laughs> um, and then you've got the the fitted caps, which are typically going to be your like on the field style uh mm-hmm. caps and then you have the like flat build you know non i mean it it can be very very stylish um mm-hmm. but it just it's almost like this boxy bowler looking version of a baseball cap it's very intriguing i guess i need just to find a lids near me <laughs> Or something. I mean, this one uh, in particular, <laughs> I love the 1990 World Series champions look. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good cap. 1990. Way, way, <laughs> way back when. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick one up too when I'm out in spring training, but mm. the conundrum for me is not typically fitted versus not fitted because I'm. I don't know. My head, I feel like my head shape changes all the time. I'm, I feel like a, like an infant, you know, where you're just sort of like in that, in that, in that phase. Right. So it's not even on your radar to get a fitted one. Cause that would just be 
constraining yourself. Well, oh, and or it would be it would be like you know putting a, a hat on a uh, two month old who's you know skull is actually half more malleable than than the rest of it and so you just end up sort of like in this slightly cone heads situation mm-hmm. um you know ch- feeling like you're changing the st- structure of your own uh brain a- as you put the cap on it always feels way too tight for me i guess is is when it what it gets down to mm. um so i'll go adjustable usually it's just by the way, I do want to point out that Lids has a category of hats called Dad Hats. Yeah. It's actually a thing. That's I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, uh, is it though? Is it? Uh, mm, evidently. The camo ones in particular, I mean, you, so you'll see the green and the camo and the like really bright red, um, the ones with the flag uh, embroidery for the logo. You'll see those worn on the field sometimes as these like one-off hats for special occasions things like heritage nights or um veterans day you know things like that and i typically don't go for those often if i'm uh, you know i'll buy something i want to be able to wear it to multiple games i don't want it to feel like it is only from one one particular game it's a different look for sure because when you go around the league and you watch these different games, you'll see, oh, okay, the Giants hat's kind of like the Reds hat, which is kind of like the Dodgers hat, which is kind of like the Yankees hat, which is kind of like the Marlins hat. You know, it's all everybody sort of looks the same, um, and it's kind of cool, I guess, in in that way. But mm-hmm. does not really embody a lot of the uh, team's own colors or branding or anything like that. Get, what gets me though are they there there are these ones <clears throat> there's this Cooperstown one this wool hat that the logo itself is not the actual San Francisco Giants logo hmm. I'm gonna copy this image address hmm. alright take a look at that huh. you notice anything kind of awkward <laughs> about how that looks yeah <laughs> now, now it's like just copy image address yeah. I'm gonna send you <laughs> I want to send you this one. Hmm. Interesting. It's like it's like you opened up a wormhole to an alternate universe right, where right. the de- the designer got different feedback on the logo. Yeah. And you've got this like sort of bizarro wearing a mustache version of the San Francisco Giants logo. Yeah. Um and That's the colors odd. are a tiny bit different. Yeah. I mean, even just toggling between the two of those, it's super weird. I know. Yeah. One kind of feels like my design skills in college, and one kind of feels like my design skills now. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really once, kind of weirdly. One's the sketch you draw out; the other one's the finished product. Is the finished? Pro- <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's a hundred percent it. Uh, All right, so we got to get you to the the um, actual checkout here for this this hat, then, because I do want I do want you to. Oh boy, you want me you to buy be, now? Oh dear. Well, you you got to be juiced up for the for the season, right? You got to every t- every time I see what I expect is every time you're watching a game, you are just like done up. You got the finger, you know, you've got the the like foam finger. <laughs> right, exactly. Sitting on my couch at home. <laughs> That's <what laughs> just covered in peanut shells and <laughs> Yep. Yep. 
I have nuts. a plastic oh, cup goodness. of beer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it did cost $14, unfortunately. Yeah, right. But yeah. Yep. 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 Well, I like I said, I'm going to a spring training game this weekend. That's going to probably be my follow-up next week mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because this is going to be the first game that I will see in person in almost two years. It'll be the first time that I've been to spring training in, I think, three years, if not four. And it's going to be... Surprisingly, the actually getting the tickets wasn't that hard. They still had a bunch of tickets available. Surprisingly, Hmm. though, the tickets themselves are $35 for lawn seats. And, of course, I bought two. So I am really not looking forward to paying a whole lot more for my baseball experience, more than I already have. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. I'm going to be paying out the nose for this, Hmm. for sure. It's just how baseball goes, you know? Got to got to pay that Bryce Harper salary. Right. Somebody's got to. (laughs) Somebody's got to pay it. May may as well be Giants fans. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, you know what time it is now? It is time... (laughs) <laughs> Very exciting time. Uh, I got to know what the, what did we call this last time? Like the team of the week. Team of the week. That's right. Team of the week. We need maybe mm-hmm. like a, a segment bumper here, a stinger. Team of the week. This week's team of the week. I'm sending it to you now because it is so good. This is one I found myself. We have gotten some suggestions, but uh, this one was too good to pass up. This is the New Orleans Baby Cakes. I that was a very interesting way to put the emphasis on the last the last name New mm, Orleans baby the, cakes the New Orleans baby cakes yeah okay I feel like that one is maybe a little bit more representative of yeah. of the logo that they've got the rather New than Orleans, like the, the baby cakes the the baby cakes no yeah um w- yeah why don't you give a shot at describing this logo <laughs> um. <laughs> if you went to Big Dogs and wanted to buy a t-shirt with a baby on it mm-hmm. uh, who looked like both they were playing football and um, was poking their head out of a ball pit at McDonald's, that is, well, no, not McDonald's because they've got a crown. So like Burger King to me. It's a baby in a ball pit at Burger King is what this is. Yeah. But the New Orleans part of it, it's it's definitely got like the New Orleans colors, right. New Orleans vibe. So this is, they used to be the New Orleans Zephyrs, but they rebranded in 2017. There was a team name contest. Finalists were Baby Cakes, Crawfish, King Cakes, Night Owls, Po' Boys, Red Eyes, and Tail Gators. Gators as in alligators. Um, and they... Of all those suggestions, they chose baby cakes. Uh, so that's an interesting choice. Um, yeah. yeah. I uh, am searching for an explanation of the name on the Wikipedia page here. And to be honest, I am not finding one. I would. I'm going to take a stab at it. Okay. And guess okay. that maybe... Maybe there is, like, is this where Cake Boss is from? Oh, yeah, I think so. You know? Okay. 
there's like a, a Charm City Cakes like thing situation happening where there's like a well-known cake person in New Orleans that uh, maybe not known as baby. Maybe baby cakes is like, uh, it just sounds so derogatory and like, hey, baby cakes. Yeah. That's all I can. That's all I hear. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in any case, apparently uh, New Orleans will not have to deal with this for that much longer because the New Orleans baby cakes will be moving to Wichita as early as 2020. <laughs> so And becoming the, I guess, probably not Wichita baby cakes. Yeah, I don't know if they want to preserve that. I, maybe this is like a Browns thing where New Orleans retains the baby cakes name and all of mm. the uniforms. Not that they mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I just suggest that you go and look at this logo because it's, it's... It's really interesting. Frankly, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's real mean. I mean, the, it's... If you're going to buy a hat... It's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, this this baby, he has a purple bat, but it doesn't even look like a bat. It looks like a billy club more than a bat. Yeah, true. I was looking more at just like the 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 face itself. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's mean, and he's got like a he's got like little under eye things, like a football player. Yes, yeah. It see that that's the thing. It reads more like football than it does yeah, baseball. Maybe, I mean, maybe the designer wear eye black. Yeah, maybe the, the designer didn't get the memo. Yeah, but the the one with the actual like they're holding the bat. Yeah, is it's got this. Well, but like, that's why I said it's a billy club. So <laughs> yes, it's not necessarily a bat. <laughs> but it also has this sort of like genie from Aladdin look. It does or a like little a, bit. Yeah, it's very. I don't know. This is yeah, like a like a worm maybe. Profoundly, it is definitely perplexing. I, I would like to suggest. Apparently, the city is. Uh, of New Orleans is hoping to get a new double A team after the baby cakes leave. I would like to suggest that the new team just be called the New Orleans Beignets. Mm. And then I think their mascot should be an anthropomorphic beignet. And then you can instead like, of instead of at the like end of the pillow game, with eyeballs. Of, right. And at the end of the game, instead of like pouring Gatorade over them, you can just pour powdered sugar. Ooh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, I mean, that's it's a way sh- better idea, to be honest. <laughs> like, shakes off. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, a shrimp. Anyway. Like, like, a, I think a shrimp would be good, like an anthropomorphic Well, shrimp. yeah, that was one of the things with the crawfish. Like, that would have been fun. Crawfish. Yeah. Or, po- you know, like, po- something boys. to do with gators. Yep. Tail gators is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's a good pun. See, that's the thing. A lot of these names of the teams of the week that we'll be getting to are, like, good puns. Um, so I think I, I think I found it in here. Unique promotion mm. to promote the name. Any child born in the state of Louisiana was eligible for a lifetime pass to baby cakes games. Interesting. Entered into a raffle. The winner would receive four full year, four, full four year tuition to a state college in Louisiana upon their 18th birthday in 2035. What is happening with this? So. So if you were born in the state of Louisiana during 2017, you received a lifetime pass to baby cakes games, uh, which you will not be able to redeem because they will be moving in 2020. I hope someone won that raffle for the two four year tu- tuition to a state college in Louisiana, though, because. I mean, that's worthwhile. Uh, yeah, same. I mean, hmm. talk about gimmicks. I mean, we have plans to talk about like minor league game gimmicks to get you to show up to minor league games but like that's a heck of a gimmick 
They say the lifetime pass enrollment has ended, reportedly. Well, we yeah, thank I mean, everyone who participated and welcome all the newest members of Baby Cake Nation. If you have questions, <laughs> please contact babies at cakesbaseball.com. Oh my goodness. Their Everything changed mascot, when the Baby Cake Nation attacked. Their mascot is like this bear-looking beaver thing. I see with that. It's red, not clear. With what? red teeth. <laughs> and it says cakes on it. Uh I'm so confused. Me too. They are the AAA affiliate for your Miami Marlins, yeah. but oh, whoa, boy, that's something, isn't it? I think I'm missing like a cultural. I'm missing a cultural nugget here. Yeah, where's the about? understanding? <laughs> where's your um, about page on this website? <laughs> it is something else. Explain this to me. I can't. I can't get out of here. I can't. I'm trying to go to Baby Cake Nation, and I just can't team <laughs> that's how they get you they get me stuck in here I guess mm -hmm. the entire nav bar has been replaced with an ad now oh lovely how did how did <laughs> <laughs> now I'm being served ads for mlbshop.com with reds hats oh great <laughs> alright full circle <laughs> oh. oh dear <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us for yeah. this episode. Uh, again, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so if, if you've got either questions for our rookie question segment or you've got, uh, I don't know, the you found... Literally anything the, else. Ads for Red's Hats, an explanation of Baby Cake's naming. I need some feedback on that. Yeah. I need something. Or if you've got a topic. I'd love to get the transcripts of the meeting or something. Like someone drop <laughs> us some, some you know, confidential info. I think just... <laughs> Give us just the docs. To, I mean, there is a Shutterstock ad here. This ad, this website is just full of ads now. Mm. The Shutterstock ad with a baby on it. Mm. Um, and also mm. an ultrasound of a baby. So there, there definitely is some sort of like... There is There's some, some marketing weird cross happening. targeting happening. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I just say "baby" one more time, mm. uh, no, not not happening, not happening. Uh, but you can send in those suggestions and uh, little nuggets of info over to topics at baseline dot show. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Now I have the same ad twice on here. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are baseline underscore show, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And we we will. We will post when new episodes are up. Um, mm -hmm. We may need to actually, thinking back on it now, mm. we may have to just both get a jersey or at least like a t-shirt. But instead of putting our names on there, we put baseline on the top. Mm. Sort of like arched mm. across the top mm. with the number one on it. Just sort of, you know, like commemorative nice. for the for right. this first season. It's good. That's really good. That's what your hard-earned money will go to if you go to patreon.com slash goodstuff, and uh, you'll know that I guess you're physically and literally clothing both Andrew and I. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. This has been Baseline, and that's the ball game. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this game without the express written consent of goodstuff.fm is prohibited.